Ship's Log, Entry 10-20 Tully's monsters returned from the space station at the edge of a black hole with dire news. The beholder, Yaush, infamous for his hatred of mind flayers, was building an army. With the Illithid's empire divided against itself in civil war, there has never been a more precarious time for the peace mission. The pilot, Maxina, set about researching the individualistic eye tyrants and their own mysterious weapon, the Formith. Werewolf scientists had witnessed the Ardwing leader, Dashina, wielding a Formith cube of her own, which led Max to conclude that all of the spirits summoned by the shape-shifting item were former wielders themselves. Spurred on by this revelation, Max decrypted their mother while communing with the strange technology. The apparition of Dash had incomplete memories, but unlocked the ability to channel her power and transform the cube into a bow. Wendy McDonald returned to the planet Sui Kuyama to speak with Jennifer, the illithid flump. There, she confirmed that Yao should influence the paranoia at the peace talks with fear rays. In addition, the fairy spy was able to obtain the coordinates of the prison holding Cascorn, the dwarf who had sabotaged the mechanical bodies. Paying the disgruntled earthling a visit, Wendy was able to acquire the location of the Elder Brain responsible for a massacre of soul forces. Curiously, she did not share this military information with her captain. Buford Gubbins spent his downtime working on mechanical projects. First, he installed an ice beam onto the Tully using parts scavenged from one of my ice cream machines. Note, destruction of Lickham's property is punishable by law, including, but not limited to, a fine of twice the cost occurred or 100,000 gold pieces, whichever is larger, in addition to criminal penalties not to exceed 50 years imprisonment or half of the average lifespan of the offending species, whichever is larger. Gubbins then began working on other projects, such as Full Moon and Maximum Overdrive. My sensors indicate that these surreptitious undertakings may be in some way related to the biological contraband that Buford stole from the Lycanthropy Research Installation. While all the members of the monsters were busy summoning the specters of loved ones, dealing with unauthorized military intelligence, and vandalizing proprietary dagger milk dairy machinery, Another away team set off on a mission to calibrate a communication satellite. The repair ship, Anemone, crewed by the Illithid Cortazar and the engineer Bridget Govins, suddenly disappeared without warning. Thus, the peacekeepers of the Tully raced off on a rescue mission, fully armed and frantic to find their loved ones. So Austin, you, you've said that every uh, five seasons is the space season, correct? That's the plan. I reserve the right to change my mind, depending on what, whatever <laughs> ambush I'm about to walk into. Okay, so that means I have at least a couple years to slowly drug push 40K on you. Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't need that, that much uh, pushing. I've, I've looked into it. I played a couple of video games in the universe. They seem cool. There's a great Magic the Gathering set. So I'm into it. I just don't know if our audience will be receptive to, let's say, the grim tone. 
Well, see, the you gotta you gotta make make sure it's wacky. So I recently read *The Infinite and the Divine*, uh, which is about uh, Necrons, which are a, like ancient space robot Egyptians, essentially. And there'll be parts because they're like big, um, uh, immortal robots where they go, the the judge paused for dramatic effect. Two hours later, he continued. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you get that serious, it also gives you opportunity for great humor because yeah. of the contrast. That's that's all goofy, and then you look over to the next room, and there's a bunch of like, uh, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of space Nazis in armor. Yeah, and and sometimes you're you're a prosperous dwarven empire, and across the world, uh, you that that you have no awareness of, a ten thousand year old frog wakes up, wiggles his fingers, and determines that your mountain needs to be about a hundred feet to the left, and he obliterates your empire, farts, and goes back to sleep. Isn't that the plot of Homestuck? That's the that's the plot of Warhammer Fantasy. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, it's not far off the plot of Homestuck. There's some kind of evil frog. <laughs> So, like, instead of being called Grimdark, would this be called Whack Dark or Grim Key or what would you call it to kind of, like, merge those two concepts together there? Hmm. Uh, I, I believe the, the colloquial term in, in the fandom is Grim Dank. Grim Dank. <laughs> there, there is a concept nice. in Age of Sigmar that the goblins have, my favorite faction, where they must bring the Everdank to the world. Hell yeah. <laughs> There we go. That is that like, that work. That's, that's, that's a season fifteen I can get behind. Yeah, exactly. That will go over very well. I think. So we just gotta put down the grim dankness. We'll have to on bring table, Conrad like, and Lauren Morgan back to the show for the Everdank. Yep. But that 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 is necessary for that. Oh, spe- speaking of like definitely definitely light hearted uh, story beats that are going on right now. Um, yeah, you've you've got a potential kidnapping to go investigate. Sure do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm assuming like there is basically zero delay between getting the uh, the news from Captain Slack uh, that th- this has gone down, and like I assume you're all get- heading straight out. Yeah. If if we're not in the the. If we're in the um, uh, ship already heading out, I think the like the 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 cinematography of this is like uh, it's in a first person view. You can see it's like a a, a bunch of uh, recorded videos of um, uh, Buford's like life with Bridget throughout the years. So you see her as like a little kid, and then uh then like a preteen, a teenager, etc. Uh, her get graduating college at age sixteen or whatever, uh, and then it like pans out and it's him looking at like an iPad, just recorded videos of it that he's pulled out from his head. Oh, lovely! Uh, yeah, so it's the three of you heading off uh, on this mission. Uh, Cami is going to be piloting the the ship, and uh, you've been passed on by the captain the coordinates of this uh, large satellite array that you are uh, heading to. There's a few things you know in advance. Um, there were some other members of the Resubian that were um, that were out on this mission. Um, no one has been heard from. Uh, there were some uh, illithids working out on the uh, on the station as well, helping sort of work on on this on this effort. Um, the the Resubian was not in direct contact with them, um, but. There is no reason to suspect any different right now, um, and that is really all you know about about this going in. Wendy's equivalent of that very touching uh, Buford montage is her like looking at her, you know, uh, Palm Pilot or whatever through a bunch of pictures of uh, her and uh, 
Cortazar uh, eating Hot Pockets, uh, setting small fires, uh, TPing people's houses. It's much less touching. <laughs> Just all the things they did together. Drink, drinking more of Bridget's nail polish. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like the tone of this is a slideshow that you would expect to see of like a, f- a pair of 14-year-olds like hanging out behind their parents' back, like getting into, into trouble, but you're both clearly much older in the pictures. <laughs> Yeah, they both have kind of an arrested development that they were taken from being tadpoles to being super spies, basically. So they mm-hmm. went right into mischief and mayhem with no like adjustment period. So it's only p- pranks. Did the tadpoles have hot pockets? Is my question there? Were there were there tadpole sized, you know, hot protozoa? Hot protozoa? Would that be it, or what would it be? I, I think it'd been more like a nacho plate or something that the t- mm. tadpoles could crawl around in. That's right. That's pretty good. <laughs> Horrible. Man, I, I could go for some high school cafeteria nachos. They weren't good, if I could go for them. Oh, it's just two wiggly little fellas on a complaint of nachos. <laughs> just living their best lives. <laughs> just splashing around in the nacho cheese. This is super cute. Oh, it's great. Um, yeah. I think Max's whole thing is they're not even looking at anything in particular. They're kind of brushing out their fur while probably in their head. They're almost having some conversation with their mom about the whole situation that's just sort of going by silently as at times uh, Max's ear has a little bit of a twitch here and there. Yeah, a little a little more focused on your personal revelation than necessarily the the mission that you haven't you haven't had personal stakes uh, kidnapped on. <laughs> yes, uh, that uh they're they're getting themselves up to speed for it, but yeah. they are still waking up. I mean, they got woken up a bit early thanks to uh Buford over there, but you know. Yeah. That's a- um, so, as you start approaching this, uh, large satellite array, um... Oh, point of clarification, because satellite array is a weird English phrase. Does that refer to a satellite in orbit, or the unfortunate double meaning, which is a group of radio antennas on the ground, which is an entirely different thing, but has the same name? Yes, sorry. <laughs> to, to clarify, we are talking about, um, one large thing in space that has many satellite dishes, one of which is considerably larger than the others. This is not on a planet stationary on the ground, and I recognize I should clarify that. Um, it's not your fault. You didn't, na- you didn't name that thing on the ground a satellite array as well. <laughs> Why, why'd, you, why'd you name it like that, Laura? Why did you personally choose <laughs> uh, to do this? Look, look, I need to defend myself here because like, I am a, I am a hater of, of things, the same name for multiple things, and I'm going to very quickly take a detour and tell you my story of this. There is a place in the UK, a like breakfast food restaurant called Greg's, and they sell, in the morning, up until 11am, they sell two different breakfast items, both called a sausage roll. Oh no. One of them is a roll, like a bread roll that has sausages in it, the other is pastry with sausage meat in it, they're both called a sausage roll, and I have tweeted Greg so many times about this that they need to (laughs) rename one of them to like a sausage sandwich or sausage bat, because you can't have two things called a sausage fucking sandwich. Uh, Fucking sausage roll. A sausage puff or something, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is, looking at the window of the Tully, uh, Wendy sees the large satellite and is like, this looks like nothing, this does not look like the thing on the Resuvian that Trizzy fixed weeks ago that was called a satellite array. (laughs) This looks like a completely different thing. (laughs) Yeah, so this thing almost looks like a... um somewhat like a a tower that's sort of like a thinner a little thinner at both ends a little thicker in the middle but is basically a big cylinder with 
one very large sort of uh, satellite dish on the top and several smaller ones sort of stationed down it. And about halfway down there is like a, um, a sort of walkway platform and a docking area for ships to dock. There is something immediately a little odd about the scene. You've been sent to a suspected kidnapping. The ship is still here. Like, the, the cruise ship is still here. Not only that, there are people working on this satellite who don't seem at all... They, they don't seem at all disturbed, like, oh, uh, I'm a bit shaken still because I saw uh, people get kidnapped. They're just sort of pottering about as if nothing's, nothing's wrong. Now the the ship the anemone which anemone uh, yes. oh no yes we have to the, say the, this. the the anemone the anemone, the, <laughs> uh, anemone. all right and uh, now you've broken me I can't do it now yeah the the anemone is is still docked uh, exactly as you would have expected it there are no signs of damage to it every if you didn't know that these people were were not reporting in you wouldn't know anything was amiss here are are there scanner systems on the Tully can we like get a read on this piece like are there co do do our do our engineering teams have like com badges we can signal ping or something like that to see if these are our actual people um yeah i i think that that would maybe be a what 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 role do i want to assign this um investigation perhaps okay okay investigation if you want if you want to roll that 26 26. Anyone else getting in, or are we, we going to roll with that one? <laughs> sure. We can, we, let's see if Max helps. Uh, Max rolled a 20. Okay. Wendy's good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you run, like, a basic set of scanners. You are looking for things like, um, are, are the expected, like, uh, com badges picking up, and they've got, like, the right IDs on them, and uh, you can maybe run some basic scans for, like, um... Are, you, are these people holding up to basic, like, uh, detect, mag uh, detect magic? Is anyone, like... Nothing is flagging as out of the ordinary. This does seem to be... Uh, uh, your, your people? This does seem to be people from the Rosubian. The best you can tell, um, none of these are like, ah, I'm secretly a person pretending to, to be them with, like, some, some low-level disguised self or anything. Everything seems very normal. Are they actually doing work on these, uh, these satellite array right now, or are they just like milling about? No, they're they're getting on. They're getting on with work. Like some of them are like climbing up the 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 edge of the satellite on um, you know, little harnesses. Um, some of them have got like bits of the uh, bits of the paneling off of the side and uh, sort of doing some wiring. They seem to be getting on with things. Okay, interesting. Uh, so yeah, do you uh, do you have anything else you want to do, or are you you coming in to sort of dock and 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 have a look around? Uh, Max will just sort of quiffs like, well, I have a feeling that if anything's amiss, it's not well. I have a feeling that we're gonna go in there and there's some sort of trap being laid for us. But I say just you know keep your guards up, everyone. No, thank you. Wendy says, "Getting off the ship." 
Yeah, you're not feeling, not feeling, not feeling nervous. No, I mean, there's no werewolves here, so like, for all you know, so why would you be nervous? Uh-huh. <laughs> she, yeah, she's gonna back to her normal, uh, not freaked out self. No werewolves. I I have one last question. I don't know if this would be something we'd be able to determine remotely. So if I remember correctly, what they were doing here was trying to a get this satellite array running to try to get communication back to Seoul, and b pick up. Uh, potentially any like uh, encrypted or like hidden signals. Yeah, tr- trying to pick up any any communications on like frequencies they're not usually looking for. From from where we are now, can we tell if what they are doing now actually lines up with what they were intending to do? Um, how much of an expert would you say Buford is in specifically this kind of technology? I feel like I can't say. Yeah, he's an expert. That'd be I like mean, a dick. Look, no, look, I'm, 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 I'm open to like. Is this a thing that would have been a practical application for in, um, in, in the the previous com- company you were running yeah. for the, fa- the family I, business? So I'd say maybe like he's probably got some relative working knowledge of like satellite array communications just to keep like communication channels open with it. Within truck. This is also stuff I used to kind of do in my real, real life job. So this is a yeah. this is a fucking trip for me. I don't like that. Uh. <laughs> I I I think that like you have enough background knowledge to go. There's nothing obviously wrong about what they're doing. They appear to be doing the kind of work you would expect for. We want to get a very big satellite working, and also some smaller specialized satellites that we're hoping will do things the big one doesn't. Like nothing, nothing about that is immediately jumping out to you. I was gonna say, like it, it's not like they're they're setting up like a surveillance array in few York City or something like that. That would be a little bit too close to home <laughs> I, in this case. I I went to play that fucking Spider Man game. Uh, got in like ten minutes and it told me to fix a radio for a surveillance <laughs> system, and I almost shot myself because I spent eight hours doing that that day. <laughs> okay. Um. All right, uh, yeah, Buford will silently clip his mask on and head off the ship when it yeah. docks. Uh, as, as you all disembark, uh, you see everyone getting on with their work. They they all seem to be busy enough that they're like, no one is stopping to, to, to necessarily greet you. They're just sort of getting on with it. What is this satellite orbiting? Uh... There is a moon somewhat nearby uh, that it is orbiting. Um, it seems less important what what it's orbiting than just having something for it to orbit that is not particularly um, populous. Like I think maybe you were given some background on this that this was this was picked as a location to do this because. No one's going to be looking down from the like, looking from the nearby planet, going, "I wonder what that really big satellite's about." I'm curious. Let's ask questions. <laughs> Ooh, Wikipedia has a list of satellites orbiting the moon. Love this. Yeah, I I, I didn't know before this week that satellites could orbit mo- the moon, oh. and, I, and it makes sense. I don't know why I didn't think about that. I just hadn't considered it. Oh, look at these cute little guys. I love this. Good for yeah. them. Um, so yeah, Good for them, it, trapped up there in the void, alone. <laughs> it is it is orbiting a moon that is not inhabited. I'll 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 say. As we disembark, Max makes sure to just sort of like you know, uh, you know, uh, 
wish that can we stay safe you know give hugs and stuff like that before disembarking just to make sure that oh. you know, she's at ease and that's, that's lovely yep and then i think depending on how far away we get i think once we're far enough away from the dock ship max is going to do something but if we run into something first feel free to let us know no, no worries um so yeah are you are you looking for anything in particular or anyone in particular to uh to, to start your investigation i i think buford's first gut reaction and instinct is walk directly towards the nearest like person he sees strong arm them against the wall and start interrogating oh my god i was gonna say the order of operations is friendly social interaction hostile social interaction hostile physical interaction you build up to it because you can't do it in the yeah, reverse that's order not, that's, that's not what Buford's in the mood for though yeah, is he's, it he, he's uh he thinks his sister might be dead so yeah and that's good characterization yeah yeah, the the nearest person is a fairly short uh, illithid who is sort of le- leaned up against a wall, like trying to get some some meter readings uh, with some sort of electrical testing equipment. Uh, they've got like a little panel off the wall, and they're uh, touching some diodes against some some capacitors. And paint paint me the picture of what you do. Okay, so they're 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 facing the wall, right? Yeah, they're facing away from you. Okay, I I think like it's it's all, like almost getting tackled off screen basically into an opposing wall to their right as Buford's like got them up off the ground propped up by his his metallic arm, and he goes, "I'm gonna ask you questions now. You're gonna answer them, or I start breaking things. Why is the Razubian Anemone team not responding?" Uh, roll intimidation. All right. 18. Okay. Um this this uh this illithid turns back to you and is like on the verge of tears is terrified and goes oh, wait what sorry um I haven't seen them in a bit I thought they went and had lunch on the ship or something. We've been trying to contact them for hours to no response. What is happening here? I don't know. They were here, they, they they were here they were here earlier and and then uh they 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 we we were all pretty annoyed they 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 just stopped doing the work I I we assumed they'd like just left it to us to do um what we, do you we, mean we, they stopped we just sort of, well I mean they 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 went I went back to the ship I I think they they just just stopped working and we just we just kept getting on with the with the work uh insight to see if this is uh just a uh, duress truth or what's going on here yeah, it's a yeah. five that's nothing w- wendy's not looking at what's happening she's less that's a nine it's nothing. 14 from max someone walks by wendy just says to them i'm not with him <laughs> okay we've got a five a nine and a 14 um you don't get anything other than this person sure seems terrified. Um, okay, so they're indicating that they went back to the anemone that we see parked currently, correct? Yes. All right. Um, Buford is going to, I guess, drop them to the ground and just start walking towards the anemone. Um, other members of the uh, the work crew have come over to find out what the... What the uh, commotion is about and to check on and reassure their friend and you've you've got a you've got a crowd coming here very 
confused as to why you've just rocked up and uh, aggressively attacked one of their uh, one of their workers. Yeah, if Eifert doesn't care, he's walking. Yeah, we're we're entering. Are we the baddies territory? <laughs> we're on a diplomatic mission, and now we're roughing up civilians. That that's fair. In their defense, they are also in their one of our people just got attacked for no reason. What what the fuck's going on? Phase. So like that. They they are they're gonna they're gonna be a little distrustful of you for a minute at, at the very least. Uh, Max will approach the one that has that was interrogated, and just sort of be like, <clears throat> "I, sorry, I, I apologize for the conduct of my associate, but uh, they have a family member, a sister, who was part of the." the team that we've lost contact with and they're very concerned about their well-being and they're it's it's a tense situation when family's involved you know i i i i i understand um if 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 we can if we can help we'll help um nothing seemed amiss and we, we, we didn't know. Well, if there's anything that you all know about what might have happened with the anemone team that was here, uh, it would be helpful for us to resolve this as soon as we can so we can leave you to the rest of your work. I, I, they were, they were doing good, they were doing good work. They were, they, they, they knew what they were doing and... Then they just walked off and didn't give an explanation. And I mean, they're not—they're not our co-workers or anything. We're like, maybe they've got like important stuff going on. We—we we didn't want to—we didn't want to kick up a fuss. We assumed they, that if they'd gone back to the ship, that like maybe they had a reason or something, but. Mm. That's understandable. Well, I appreciate the information, and if there's anything that I could do to further help, let me know. But I will, for the time being, tend to the other team members as we investigate the anemone. Uh, right. So, the anemone as a ship is sort of spherical with a lot of, like, uh, almost sort of tentacly tendrils coming off on all, all various sides of it. Um... The door of the anemone is open, um, and as you walk in, there is no one here. Survival check to look for signs and follow the signs. If you want to do a, if you want to go for a survival, you can do a survival. That's what I'm going to do. Eleven. Uh, okay. Uh, we'll see. Max gets there and rolls a natural one. <laughs> Okay, hmm. I need to work out what a good botch consequence is here <laughs> that can impact. Okay, I'm gonna give it a second, and we'll work out what the what the botch is in a second. But for for a for a nine and eleven, very average scores. Um, what I will give you is that a lot of the equipment that the crew of the anemone would have been using uh, doesn't seem like it's been sort of dropped in a hurry, uh, or sort of uh, anything like that. 
Uh, there are some things missing. It doesn't look like there is as much gear here as there was when the crew set off. Um, but it doesn't look like uh, there was a, a hurried dash to scramble and grab things. Um, some of the equipment is still outside the ship. You can sort of see through the, the front window of the anemone that, like, out on the, the sort of walkways around the satellite, there is some equipment that is definitely from the Resubian that is still sort of hooked up to bits of the satellite that is still sort of uh, around the area. Um, you get the general sense that everything that was done in here was done in a very methodical manner. Um, any of the crew's, like, um, clothing that's, like, uh, for, for various, uh, situations, um, things like if they were going into, into, uh, bits, bits of space that might not have atmosphere, they're sort of, like, those kind of bits of, of gear don't appear to be here on the ship. Um... Other than that, there is very little sign that they were ever here. It seems almost like they just blipped out of existence. Wendy will use magic awareness to open my spirit to the presence of concentrated magic. Uh, I can use this equal to my proficiency, which is four. So four times I get to see if the magic thing went down here. Uh, cool. Before we resolve that quickly, anyone got any thoughts on what, what a botch consequence on that survival can be? Because I've, I've still not got a botch for Max. Max, I, I'm struggling a little here. I was thinking Max uh, accidentally decouples the anemone from the from the satellite and it starts drifting away. <laughs> oh, oh I, no. like, I like that a lot. You are slightly drifting away from the dock now. <laughs> We're going to turn this place into Alfonso Cuaron's gravity one way or another. Yeah. Look, you can uh, you can you can get it back, but you will have to like work out the specifics of I don't think any of you in here are are pilots. Max so you're is, gonna have to take a second working well, at her. I, I have proficiency with space vehicles. <laughs> okay, yeah, you you're gonna have no trouble. Like you might have to go this is a stick shift and I'm used to uh, an automatic, but like <laughs> you work out the quirks of this, you'll get it back, it'll be fine. Ma Ma Max leaned against the flight <laughs> stick while he was while they were oh. investigating. I think it was more like Cortazar uh, uh, had some kind of like bug out thing, like that. So he, you know, uh, customized something to like escape at a moment's notice, and you did, uh, you didn't realize and triggered it. <laughs> you leaned on it, and you've just like sort of launched this at a forty five degree angle. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it, it's the it's the dead man's ditch this place and get the f out of here uh, <laughs> that they activated, and then it's they had the do a barrel back. roll button. The do a barrel roll button, <laughs> right? The uh. since we're talking about the customizations of the ship, I feel like because this is the anemone, it has to have like little drones that are called clownfish. <laughs> I I I'm. I think that's perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is great because it, it characterizes two people. Cortazar as a, uh, you know, very, uh, I don't know, anxious, nervous, paranoid. A paranoid spy. He's a defense specialist. He's always looking to hide or mm -hmm. run or put up a, a barrier. So him him you know, preparing something like that is great for his characterization. But then it gives uh, Max a chance to show off your piloting skills. We're halfway through the season and you've never demonstrated <laughs> the fact that your character is a pilot. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> because there's always the cabbie flying things around. Is there anything you want me to do for the piloting check here, or 
Uh, uh, do 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 you have? Well, you've got proficiency, so roll 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 your your, your appropriate proficiency. So, so b- before we dock, I, I actually have one question. Uh, yeah. Well, two actually. Um, so we there 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 are missing. This will be related because we might not have to dock depending on what this is. Um, they seem to be missing spacesuits, right? That were in this yeah. in this ship. Yes. With my background, I get can get schematics of places we're going to. What would be key areas of this satellite array that are exposed to admin, uh, to the void of space? If you're properly harnessed to the satellite and like don't drift further than your tether, mm-hmm. everywhere should be fine. You might need them like as an emergency precaution in case you like something goes wrong and you drift off, but like they wouldn't be like an, um, an they wouldn't be a commonly needed thing. There's no way here that's like ah that that bit of the satellite is the no air zone. Okay. All right. I was wondering maybe they were like scuttling around on the outside of the the <laughs> the satellite array to I don't know blow the reactor or something. Are <laughs> they pulling a mug us on the outside of the satellite, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh god, this is among us. <laughs> I mean, it might be. Who knows? <laughs> I didn't even consider it knowing us. G- give me, give me your uh, your role, uh, Max. I will uh, propose. Yeah, I'll propose dexterity with proficiency yeah. in that case. I'm, there, I'm happy for dexterity with proficiency. That sounds appropriate. I don't have any skills for proficiency dexterity, so I just have to do a d twenty plus six. Uh, that is a twenty. Yep. Describe me the flavor of how you. Having been barrel rolled out of the uh, the the dock, uh, re repilot the uh, the anemone back into position. Yeah. So, like the 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 mechanism that Cortazar installed was especially designed as defensive mechanism, so that if someone was on the vessel that wasn't supposed to be there, it forces them against the walls by barrel rolling as it ejects out. Um, by using using just forces to do that, yeah, so force just pushes you out to the walls. Right, uh, Max reflexively sort of like grips the armrests of the pilot chair with their legs while being held upside down, bracing themselves against the seat, and is able to course correct, uh, do like a cool, like sort of like a uh, like a like just like a cool uh, hairpin turn, uh, while uh, somehow not losing momentum. And then afterwards is able to ease the vessel towards the docking station and finally rotating it back so it can redock smoothly. Uh, all while like sort of they're in their awkward positioning on the chair uh, and clearly a little bit startled, but somehow naturally maneuvering the ship uh, more so than uh, I guess others would have known just because Max hasn't really flown ships for a while. Whoa, Maxi Max, you could do that the whole time. Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, that's what I, back when I was in Ardwing, I was a pilot for, well, small, vessels about this large, probably smaller. There were used to just one person vessels, honestly. Wait, what is Ardwing? I thought it was like a group like us. We were running around shooting people. You're, you, were you a pilot? You were flying? That's what that is? Well, it's sort of like, well, it's kind of like a military-like entity. You know, we would have... Uh, smaller task forces and groups of uh, flight teams that would usually do either uh, local defense missions or other sort of like on-demand things. Uh, and then sometimes we'd be sent out on outgoing missions depending on what the threat was like to the home and stuff like that. So, and that's why we saw, well, 
mom and her crew on on the last station we were at. They probably were sent out there on a distress call or something to investigate. Well, flying like that, if you want a job after this, you can make a good space trucker. This explains so much. I was wondering, because you got your ass beat by unarmed protesters in that one mission, and then you shot Buford in the next one, and I was like, what are you good at, bro? <laughs> so, it's you're hiding your light <laughs> under a bushel. <sighs> so, uh, Wendy, Wendy did a detect magic type thing. Yes. I <laughs> and I want to pay this off. So, is this just essentially the spell detect magic? Yeah, uh, you tell me the name of the, the school of magic, basically, and you know whatever else you want to. What I will give you for this is that you are able to detect that there have been like a handful of moving magical signatures in the area. Um, the 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 best comparison I think that you would know to what you're uh, detecting here is sometimes there are creatures that are just inherently magical. We're talking things like uh, lots of lots of fey creatures are just they're just sort of made of magic. Like a fairy without, for instance. Yeah, like a, <laughs> like a fairy for instance. Where, where are we going to um, find one of those? Yeah. Um, this is not what you're sensing is not like there there was a spell done here. What you are sensing is there was a pretty there was a decent handful of probably magical beings wandering around. Okay, so we're yeah, right now uh Max is impressing everybody with their piloting skills. Wendy's talking a little shit and then she stops because her, you know, spidey sense tingles and she says, I feel like they're we might be in a fairy situation. Are you aware of the being stolen by the Fae? Like a, well, what's it called? A changeling situation? I can't say I know much about that, but, um, so are you suggesting that they're still here, but somewhere else or someone's imposing as them or something? I don't know exactly. I just got this weird mm. feeling it's kind of like the the host body of the fairy that I'm kind of piloting around. <laughs> or yeah, I'm trying to think how she would even process that. She's just like, I've only ever, <clears throat> yeah. Actually, can I roll uh, maybe nature on this? I think. Yeah, her I was going to say either either nature or arcana. All right. Well, they're both negative one. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that's a, not only a botch but a zero. Ooh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't, you, don't worry, you, I'll cast guidance. Yeah, you really don't know how to process what's going on here. The, the it it feels like you have been places that you aren't, and that is a very disorienting feeling that you are now trying to process. That is going to be a little bit distracting from the mission itself. Yeah, I was going to say that there's no werewolf, so uh, you know Wendy's back to her confident self. But suddenly, the co the possibility that there are other fairies here, like what if you know they hate her? What if they blame her? What if they want revenge? Like she, I, I've actually I'm kind of shifting gears <laughs> into a different has, mode. Has, has Wendy ever met another fairy? No, I don't think so. She has. She was created by mind flayers for this, uh, you know, illithid civil war, and so she, all of her missions are against like other elder brain colonies. She's never been back to Seoul um, to, you know, interact with that culture. Let alone the Feywild, which you know doesn't exist in this timeline. Ooh. 
who who knows who can say um but yeah you you are able to get across before uh before failing uh to to get any more out that it it does feel like there are some some magical beings have been around mm-hmm. like they, they, it feels like they've been on on the anemone it it f- feels like they've been around um so uh do do we know who else was dispatched on this uh like away uh, just just to cover the bases here there weren't inherently magical beings on the anemone as part of this away team right there is no one who was sent on the away team um, from the Resubian who would be an obvious. Oh, it's 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 magical, Brian. The the magic uh, the magical magic man. <laughs> Getting a cease and desist letter from the Adventure Zone for magical Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I was looking for a magical name, and apparently, yeah, Brian is just where I landed. Okay, ma- magical Steve. Magical Steve did not come on this adventure. Ah, uh, magical Steve, the the much better friend to Barry. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, but he, he he's magical but he just wants to do like sleight of hand <laughs> yeah he he uses phenomenal cosmic power to do card tricks that he could just learn sleight of hand for <laughs> um um okay uh so be be we'll talk out loud here there were magical creatures in this ship they s- he he grunts frustrated. He like he has to keep himself from just punching the wall in irritation. Did, did you see cameras out there? I want to know if somebody else walked into this ship that that we might have recorded. I I'm I'm willing to. I'll give you this. All of the uh, the little sort of away ships that the uh, the Resubian has for going out on on away missions do have um essentially dashboard cameras equipped to them you know like look if someone if someone crashes into your spaceship and like tries to drive off without swapping insurance information you got to be able to be like ah i got got their plates um so there is a camera like on the anemone forward facing that will have pointed toward the uh, the satellite uh, you would have to go investigate the satellite to know if there's any other cameras around that could have caught anything the other way yeah and the the camera paint the camera on the anemone would have had like you know audio function as well as would be just video i assume oh yeah no and it's like it's like 480p because you know that's our dashboard cameras got are. it yeah 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 <laughs> right 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 Wait, weird, weirdly weirdly low quality camera for the gear you're living in <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i'll uh i'll definitely rifle through that footage to see if we can glimpse the whoever's last like approach the ship you scrub back a little while and a little while and there's no activity and no activity other than very standard people going about their work doing their work and then you get to a very strange bit of footage um the anemone's camera catches a very blurry object coming into the dock and as it gets closer and closer to the dock the camera quality just goes down and down and down very quickly something is not playing nicely with the camera and best you can make out it is some kind of sort of some kind of ship has docked 
uh, docked at the uh, at, at the satellite, and it's very tough to make out details of of who gets off. Like the more the more time goes on, the more that this footage is just degrading and degrading in quality. Um, you are able to make out like if you really like freeze frame through, there is like a point where you can get like probably the best look you're gonna get at uh, what what docked. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal something in the roll twenty. It's blurry. It's gonna be Bigfoot. Oh no! It's uh, it's two pi tin uh, two pi tin yeah two pythons <laughs> two pythons yeah the the two python uh, vessel yeah look it's look it's a very blurry some very blurry footage of what you might describe as a flying saucer okay I'm gonna ask a question is there in this universe a species of aliens called the Greys? Um, I'm gonna get you to do a roll, which I think is going to be, uh, history. Oakley dokley. 25 crit. Holy fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, well, let's, let's see if I botch again, I guess. Uh, no, I rolled a crit as well, 21. Oh, we've got two, we've got two fucking crits here, okay. <laughs> Alright, Wendy. Roll, roll a third Wendy, crit. Wendy, Wendy. <laughs> I was gonna say, Wendy's like having an existential crisis. She sees that the, the ship is messing up the camera and she goes, Oh my god, it must be wild magic. Oh, it's the fairies, they're here. This is my fault, I did this, oh fuck. They're gonna make fun of my wigs, they're gonna say my wigs suck. Yeah, she, she is not thinking about anything history related right now, as you two fucking engage galaxy brain mode. I, you know what? I think we're probably also the two best to have encountered the Greys being a, a space fighter pilot and a fringe space trucker. I I don't think either of you have ever encountered a Grey. Never mind. But I think, but but I think that you've both you've both heard stories. You've but like you you're both in a position of like you know someone who knows someone or someone who has a story. Much like here in the real world, there are people who swear up and down that uh, a funny-looking flying saucer, like a weird metallic-looking dish, came down from the sky, and some scrawny little grey aliens with big eyes uh, came, came down and, you know... Usually the the details are a little spotty. the The memory's not quite quite you know precise. But there's sort of they they took me and they did experiments and and they've never been a particularly believable thing. It's one of those it's one of those things that you would think would have died down in a universe where like space travel exists and people can just go to space and uh, alien species. Are usually very happy to communicate with you. You wouldn't think there would be much myth about like the alleged all oh, the weird aliens out in space. And despite that, the rumors persist and have still never been much more than blurry footage on a camera and someone told someone told someone that someone they knew had mm -hmm. an experience. I would I would picture that Max would quip about like how one of the stories they heard is someone who somehow like was floating in space and fighting a slot machine floating in space for some reason before they were brought back, you know, 
something completely nonsensical that would never happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, you like I I I want to give you as much as I can with a double crit, but genuinely, <laughs> as much as you know is. Oh shit! Turns out that thing that people talk about might be real. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there really is not more to know. Well, this looks like a weird situation here, Buford. How how recent was this footage? Uh, this was this was around a couple of hours ago. This was when the uh, this was around the time that the uh, the messages back to the Resubian stopped. Okay, yeah, Buford will turn to to Max when uh, and go. This ship arrived hours ago, and those idiots out there didn't mention it at all. Why? Well, maybe they didn't notice it. They've been ensorcelled by the Fae. (laughs) Or maybe the ship just docked, got the uh, crew, and then left. Or they've been ensorcelled by the Grey. God damn it! Come on. <laughs> I mean, you started it. You started it. Uh, uh, Dad just finished it there. Max just sort of like, I don't. I mean, there is a way to test for that. I think, but so so we saw um, something disembark from this ship, right? Yeah, you you can with a double crit, you can intuit that some greys disembarked the ship. Okay. Uh, one other question. So it fucked up our cameras when we looked at it. Did it seem like, if I look through like ship logs, if the rest of the ship kind of had a reaction to it? Uh, what what kind of reaction are you looking for? Like, like I guess hitches in like processing time, things not running correctly. I'm wondering if we could, if like whatever got off of this ship, if it's something we can track through like junk data throughout the ship. Can I get you to do an investigation roll? Whoever wants to be in on this. 24. It's fucking great rolls today. Everyone's killing it. Investigation is also my best skill. Yeah, no, yeah, this is this is your this is your ch- chance to fucking fucking go for it. Um so with a 24 and a 15, you can dig through the the ships uh ships various logs and it ta- it takes you a little bit of time, but you do pick up an unexpected frequency on one of the uh one of the scanners. It's like an electromagnetic frequency that like definitely spiked when that thing got near um and you can sort of watch it fall again uh as the the footage clears back up uh the timestamps sort of pretty neatly line up uh if you wanted to try and track where this had gone you could probably use that as a marker to try and follow uh, yeah, that's exactly what Buford would do. Like, hook up a, 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 I guess like a Star Trek tricorder or whatever, and get to it. Does this mean that Max gets to drive the anemone while Cammy drives uh, the Tully, and then we can see more Max piloting? I'm very up for this happening. Uh, I will check. Is there anything else you want to do before you leave here? Is there anything else you want to like ask or follow up on or investigate before you go following the signal? 
So I feel like we are leaving clues behind, but also time is of the essence. And I feel like Beaufort would be, uh, you know, pretty difficult <laughs> to get to stop from leaving. So, and also Wendy does care about Cortazar and she also wants to go, but metagaming wise, I'm like, we, we didn't really investigate the satellite fully. We, we did, we did, we did find the, uh, the Easter eggs, you know, all, all the collectibles. Uh, so we're going <laughs> to, we're, we're, we're not going to, you're going to be really disappointed when you see you only got one out of 17 bobbleheads. <laughs> yeah. See, see, I've put, I've played a lot of event, uh, adventure games. What's really going to curse us is that we didn't get the cheese from the cafeteria, uh, that later on we have to throw out the cat on the gray ship, uh, or else the demon gets us. Yeah, the problem is this is one of these games where, like, once you leave this location, you can't come back to it, and then you've, like, permanently lost access to the item. Yeah, that's that's the trouble. <laughs> um, do we also want to split, so if Max is driving one, uh, one of us should be here and one of us should be on the other ship, just in case there's, like, a, you know, space combat borders situation. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but there's four of us, two ships. I think it makes sense that way. Uh, would Well, Mac, Max has to be on, on this ship. Does one do you want to take this one or the other one? I think she wants to go over with uh, Cammy because she's trying to re repair that relationship after scaring the shit out of her last time. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the only thing would be is is there any trace of the signal on like in the satellite array right now? Would be okay. Yeah, you're seeing if anything is on on this ship is is generating that same effect. Um. Nothing in the immediate area seems to be doing whatever that ship did. Okay. Uh, so yeah, if that is everything, uh, you are able to get a bearing, uh, like a like a rough direction that this thing left in. Uh, it, it's sort of unclear how far it's gone at this point. Uh, you know, it's not an exact science, but you you are able to get a bearing and. Uh, given a little bit of time, you will uh, hopefully end up wherever it went. Uh, do you have... How, how is the, the party splitting themselves uh, amongst the two ships? If Max is driving the Anemone, I think uh, Beaufort is staying there. Wendy will go back to the Tully with Cammy. Lovely. Do you have any conversations you want to have or anything you want to do on your way to the next location? <laughs> Yeah, I think that there's a there's like a, um, a startup procedure for for going from cold to flight for uh, the anemone. So that Beaufort uh, should definitely have a conversation with Max while Wendy's in transit, and then Wendy will get there, and then she can have her conversation. Yeah, uh, I, I think Beaufort has got his his head in his hands, and he's just talking out loud, going, "This is the one thing I told myself I wouldn't let happen." I'd like to try to, you know, say something, something to, you know, comfort you or put you at ease, but I just don't want to, you know, say anything wrong and make things worse, you know. I. Max, I don't think there's any way this could get any worse. A, a mythological alien race seems to have kidnapped my fucking sister. <sighs> I'm still thinking about something on my own end, about my family for that matter. You lose someone? Well, as far as I know, Formith here kind of carries the souls or something of its prior users that I presume are either dead or something else. And, well, to explain this more easily, 
I might bring out, I'm going to bring out somebody who might be able to explain things better to me as we go along. So Max thinks for a moment. I'm trying to think whether, whether Max should say, you know, decrypt dash or decrypt mom in this situation. <laughs> oh, I look, I think the way this works is that you could say either and it will work. Yeah. So Max just thinks for a moment and then we'll just say, Formith, decrypt mom. And when they when they say that, Buford will see like the cube thing shape, uh, sh- change shape, turn into almost what looks like a like almost like an ethereal or some other sort of unusual longbow that settles by the piloting chair. Uh, Max's uh, flight jacket changes into more of a trench coat sort of size thing while still maintaining the patches and symbols on there. And uh, a brooch on the coat appears, uh, which my notes say is a gladiolus uh, flower on their on their coat. And then Max just looks over to Buford and says, yeah, this seems to work for a some reason. So, so uh, to to give some perspective here, in character Buford, in the space of like probably two hours, went from going, "Oh, he's uh, Max has like some kind of hard light or nanotech transforming military <laughs> weapon," to, "Oh, it promises him uh, power." Uh, that's suspicious and talks to him, wh- wh- uh, talks to them while they sleep. That's really weird. To Hey, my mom's in here. <laughs> like, that, that is think, a roller coaster of things, yeah. So I think he's just like kind of staring at Max for a moment and goes, Max, I have a lot to unpack with what you just said here, so thank you. You're distracting me from this horrific situation. So your mom is in there now? Yes. And I don't know why. Uh, she just gives a, a friendly sort of wave of a sort of like, oh, hello, are you? Are you Max's friend? <laughs> can, can, Buford will stand up and like, I guess, walk over to the the bow and go, can I, uh, can I see this? Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with you picking it up, Buford. Just uh, be careful with it. Okay, he's going to pick it up and look at it. Max said um, that he thinks it, like, holds souls. Buford's going to try to figure out if this is, like, some kind of weird cyber phylactery. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be an arcana roll, okay. I think. 21. Fucking, fucking nothing but 20s today. You're, 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 you're rolling, rolling, rolling. Okay. Um, you have never seen anything like this. Um, it does not have any familiarity to any kind of tech, uh, that you have seen. Um, I don't, I'm trying to remember, were you, uh, Skitch? When you found out that the uh, when when Jennifer the Flump detected fear in Formith, was anyone else around, or was that just something that only you know? I think that was just something that Max heard from yeah from 
And if it matters, that was when Formith, she only detected the fear when Formith was decrypted out into Noah's weapon, the glaive. This thing feels like worryingly powerful. Um, The degree of the degree of strength of uh, manifestation it is creating is very unusual. Um, the fact that this this cube can seemingly turn into like multiple different kinds of weapons that functionally work and offer utility, as well as seeming to have multiple distinct personalities attached to it. Um, you've never encountered anything like this, but like a phylactery of kinds isn't a bad guess. Like You feel like that is on the right track for what this thing... At least part of what this thing is. Okay. Um, yeah, Buford doesn't like this at all. Uh, he, he doesn't like that there is a, a soul-trapping, ultra-uber-powerful baffling uh, magical weapon. He's going to gingerly place it down and say, uh, Max, I have a fusion reactor built into my chest to keep me running. That is nothing compared to whatever the hell that thing is. Yeah, I, I can't say I completely understand it myself, but as far as I can tell, I'm, well, stuck with it. And now that I know kind of more of the people that are in it. I want to do what I can to understand what's going on and see, I don't know, if either use it to the best of my ability or find something else to do with it. I'm going to say something you might not like. You said it seems to be capturing souls. I, I, That's me making a very uneducated guess, Buford. You have to understand, like, it's me trying to understand how I'm able to communicate with people in it, including, well, my mom, that seemed to hold the memories of what happened while they were still alive. So, I don't know. It could be a copy of it. It could be some AI. I don't know. But it's just... Well, the question would still stand, who was it doing this for? Right. And I don't know the answer to that. Just be careful. I never like to work with tech that I don't understand. And you're working with something that I don't think I'm ever going to understand. Well, if I understand anything about it, I'll be sure to let you know. And yeah, Buford will slump back into his chair. You might want to buckle up, by the way. It's been a while while since I've flown something like this. Uh, we'll jump over to the other ship briefly. Uh, did did you have anything you wanted to to chat about, Wendy? Yeah, Wendy gets back to the Tully, kind of flies on casually, and says, uh, "We're following a signal. We think where everybody went. Uh, any questions? No, that's fine. Hey, did you know Max is a pilot? I feel like no one told me. Yeah, yeah. I I I knew that Max was a was a pilot of." Very, very good, very good pilot. Why why aren't they flying the ship? Why are you flying the ship and then you can come out and shoot people with us? I 
Look, you'd have to you'd have to ask Max, but you know, I think I think part of it is that they were a pilot when they were with Ardwing, and then uh, Ardling, uh, it 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 all just sort of uh, fell apart, and they um, had to leave. And I don't know. I assume part of it is just not just wanting to get a fresh break and, and be doing something other than what they used to do and, and got stopped doing. I don't know. Maybe it's like asking why, like, a Formula One racer um, wouldn't want to, like, be a taxi driver. I only understood a couple of the words in that sentence. I'm going to assume it was a really good comparison. Um... Yeah. If if someone's used to doing, like, very, very dramatic, acrobatic, cool shit, I, I can't imagine it being that fun to do a lot of very straightforward flying in a straight line where generally nothing really bothers us and you just sort of potter along to your location. Wait, were you in Ardwing too? Yeah. The, the way I'm picturing this is that Cammy moved over to uh, the Resubian when you did basically as a solidarity of like, I'm not sticking around here if you're not around. Um, so yeah, yeah. Cammy sort of responds, I mean, yeah, but not not the same. Like, I wasn't, you know, going on cool missions and doing loop-de-loops. You know, I was just fixing up the ships and and hanging out with, with Max on, on our downtime. Why would you all come out all the way to the edge of the galaxy when you were so well-trained and you had so many cool skills and stuff? Like, Buford came here for his sister. I am trying to take down an evil empire and most of the people uh, on the Resubian are like uh, p- politics perverts. I just don't understand what you get out of all this. <laughs> I mean, look, I I just wanna I just wanna be supportive to to Max, but for them, at least part of it's the whole missing mum thing. Oh, Max knew their mom was in the far realm. That makes a lot of sense. It's a big galaxy, and I was like, what are the chances of you running into your mom? I mean, Ardwing do a lot of missions in a lot of places, and the Far Realm often has big dramatic things that need skilled people to come help with, and, you know, if if there's no sign of someone you're missing back in, in Seoul, and you know that that person often goes off to a very dangerous part of space, it's as good a place as any to look for clues. So this is about helping your friend. You also don't believe in the Illithid cause. I I do believe in the Illithid cause. Don't get me wrong. I I joined because I wanted to support my friend. And then the longer I spent here, the more I realized that there was some genuinely good good we could be doing out here. Um like as cliché as it is to 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 maybe say I I didn't know. I didn't really have a reason for coming out here until I came out here and realized that the reason was all sort of around me. That there is such a big moment in galactic history happening here, and anything I can do to help is important. And if you can never go back, 
you're going to be okay with that. I feel like there's going to be a lot of people who get increasingly unokay with that on on the on the ship. We had a big clown party, but I think it's going to escalate if everyone only came out for like some selfish thing and then they realize they've completely borked their entire home lives. I I can't speak for anyone else, but I came out here with the person who mattered most to me. I might feel different if they were back in Seoul and I was out here. I might feel a bit more desperate and intense, but I didn't have many people... I didn't have many connections back home, and I'm going to be honest, I've, I've got more of a family out here with the crew of the Resubian than I do to go home to, and... If the crew of the Resubian is my family going forward, I feel like I've got a bigger and more supportive family than many. Well, Cortazar is the closest thing I have to family, and Bridget and uh, Buford are part of the same uh, tadpole spawn, I think. So we got to go get them, and so everybody can have their family. All right, have they pulled out yet? We're just going to follow them. Uh, yeah, I think at this point, yeah, they're, they're definitely sort of fo you're following along uh, on the way. Uh, and as you sort of make your approach, um, you can sort of pull up uh, star charts and sort of work, work out where it is that you've uh, sort of been, been following this signal towards. Um, you find that the signal leads to a uh, fairly rocky planet uh, that... Uh, you sort of look look it up on 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 the on the database, and this this planet exists mainly for mining a lot of um, like metallic ore. Um, and the signal you're following seems to get a little fuzzy here. Um, definitely, the signal went here. Beyond that, it seems to scatter in a lot of directions, and that may be something to do with how metallic. Uh, all the, all the ground in this planet is. Um, give me a group perception roll. Got it. Uh, <laughs> That's a six. That's a 17. Nine. Initially, it's very difficult to tell where on this planet uh, you, you should be looking. Um, a planet's a pretty big thing. And you are not able to pinpoint where this signal, like, sort of landed, other than generally the signal sort of got to this planet. Um, Max is the first to notice a slightly unusual, uh, just a little something that's a bit out of place. Um, there's a sort of foresty area, um, sort of near near where you've you've approached, and. There does seem to be a sort of circular... Uh, you'd have to get a bit closer to, to tell what it is, but there's some sort of, like, pretty clear circle in the middle of some trees, and that's a bit weird. Oh, oh my god, could you could you maybe call it, like, a crop circle? I mean, I, I, these are trees and not crops, but, like, there sure are... There sure is a perfect circle burnt <laughs> into some... A coniferous some, circle? This might be a coniferous circle that you spot from a distance. Do you see what I was saying, Laura, about Dan sniping you at every opportunity? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Don't, look, don't worry. I fully anticipated everyone would get all of these things. 
Um, the Snipes were expected. I'm dealing with... I've, I've peppered this with fucking alien tropes from Earth. I'm ready for you to realize my bullshit. Uh, okay. You know, I'm still waiting for those, uh, those child-written uh, riddles. Oh, did we talk about that on air even? I, I think you, you mentioned it. So I, I guess I can mention this now. It took up until the day before the, the first Resubian episode to come out for people to re-listen to uh, the season nine episode where you just say I'm in this season and nobody noticed. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so the the gist for anyone who didn't listen to the previous season is Dan is very good at working out things that are going on. Um, and my solution before the season started of um, ha- how to deal with that as a DM was I was going to provide Dan with riddles that are just things from kids write jokes on Twitter um, to be like, can-, can you work out my unsolvable riddle? Um, I'm going to read you literally the first one I come across um, sight unseen. <laughs> I would like to say that the the riddle she provided me, I had it down to a 50-50. <laughs> you did, you did. And the one I didn't pick happened to be the one that was right, which I think was poop. <laughs> I think it, yeah, I think it was poop. Um, right, here we go. Bar bar black sheep, have you any wool? Yes, sir, yes, sir, three bags full. One for the master and one for the dame. <laughs> They're at the end of the riddle. That's the end of the riddle. I, I'm, I'm looking for, for the, the solution. To the riddle. <laughs> um, okay, let me think. I'm a child. There is a chance it's just poop or fart again. <laughs> that, frankly, it's a very outsized chance. Um, but if they're th- if they're thinking about sheep, I can't overthink it. Um, you know, what? I just ha- I just have to go with poop again. Statistically, it's the best answer. I mean, look, you're you're in the ballpark. So so it goes, one for the master and one for the dame, and one for the stinky, 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 stinky mummy. Oh my god. Yeah, there you that go. was way closer than there it should have been. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is the problem. Even if you give literal unsolvable garbage, like Dan will be in the ballpark. That's right. So Anyway, anyway, go go land in the crop circle. <laughs> Alright, so we're we're crash landing, right? Okay, let's go. <laughs> So it's just yeah. like a perfect circle, or is there like symbology on it? Uh, there, it is a pretty perfect circle, and as you get closer to landing, you can see that there are like slightly scorched, smaller concentric circles into the center of it. Oh, it's their landing gear. I like that. I like it. Wendy will disembark the Tully by just jumping out of it because she can fly, and then Cammy can circle above to, like, you know, keep an eye out for bogeys or whatever. But I assume that Max will have to land the anemone on the ground. Mm-hmm. Can, can Max actually, like, land away from the, the circle? Because I'm thinking, like, what if somebody comes in and tries to land on top of us? Yeah, you can. Yeah, if you want to find, like, a like um, somewhere nearby, um,. There's either, like, a couple of sort of, like, fields not that far away, or there is some... You can see some other ships parked sort of near some mining equipment, and that's not that far away from from the, the concentric circles. Let's go for the... Let's just go for the field. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Uh, if, if you land uh, and sort of walk in, in the direction of the, uh, the, the sort of coniferous circle... 
you don't come across anything particularly out of the ordinary on the way there. Uh, it's it's a big it's a big circular area where there's no trees anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you said it was scorched. Yeah, like not heavily scorched, but there's clear light burn rings have gone on. Is it? Does it seem recent? Um, is there a role to know how recent some scorching was? Um, it's like nature to see if it's like started yeah. to grow or right? something e- like that. Yeah, either nature yeah. or survival, I'd yeah, say. Give, yeah. Um. Give me. Yeah. Give me nature. Twenty-five crit. <laughs> <laughs> Max rolled uh natural uh, natural eleven. Uh- <laughs> These grays are so fucked. Buford is on a tear. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is what your third crit of the episode is it? Your third, maybe, yeah, third third crit of the episode. I, I, I was talking to Quinn and I I told her that uh, Buford was going to do to the whoever kidnapped his sister what the truck does to every isekai protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, Wendy, you getting in on this, or are you leaving this to them? Oh, yeah, no, Wendy's not even near this. Wendy has Cammy bring the ship into, like, you know, low, low orbit. She opens yeah. the back door, and then she does the opening scene of the first Power Rangers movie. She's going to... Oh, yes! She's going to surf her lance down while playing <gasps> higher ground. <laughs> that's such a that's such a cool fucking scene that does not need to exist. I love it. I watched that movie um, a lot when I was little. Oh, my God. Same. Same. <laughs> Ivan Ooze is amazing. I fucking love Ivan. I'm so glad we're all the exact same sort of weirdo. <laughs> if Buford dies, can I play Ivan Ooze? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Austin and Dan, I have the Power Ra- Mighty Morphin Power Rangers tabletop RPG core rulebook, and I have been wanting to run a one-shot at some point. Would you both... Look, I'm just putting this out on air. Would you like to play a Mighty Morphin one-shot at some point? If I get y- Yes, but, but can I be like a putty that turned good? <laughs> We can we can we can fucking find a way to work it. Of course, yeah. Okay, so with a with a crit on nature, um, you asked whether these scorch marks were recent, and uh, the other thing you said was like where where the stuff is starting to regrow. It's certainly not so long ago that things are starting to regrow. It's not. You get the sense that this this isn't. They literally left seconds ago, but this was definitely. They came here from the satellite and set off again somewhere else. And like, this is—it's not a coincidence that you ended up here. This is where they came from the satellite. Okay, so they—they came—they come here to this planet. They set down on a planet known for being a mining outpost. And you said when we got here, the signal got kind of screwy, right? Yeah, there's there's uh, there's some there's various kinds of metal ore that this planet is known for being a source for, and it seems to have definitely like refracted the signal off in a bunch of directions. So, so that's my question: Is there a special kind of ore on this planet that might the ship might be made of that maybe they're coming here to restock on? You don't know, like. Nothing in your notes about this planet is like, aha, this one specific electromagnetic frequency that we didn't know existed until we discovered it earlier today is affected by this metal. Mm-hmm. But there are, you know, you saw there was some mining stuff like not that far off from here, and if anyone's gonna know, they might know. 
yeah, that's where yeah, Beaver will turn to the group and say, uh, "Look, they they came here for a reason. They sat down here near that mining equipment. I think they were coming to get something." Well. I'm not sure if we're going to have much more of a trail to follow unless we find something here that would suggest where else they went, but do you think we should investigate that like mining site that we saw earlier then? It's the only lead we got. Pretty much. Uh, Max also looks around to see if Wendy is here yet, if they've they've finished the guitar solo on the fly down. (laughs) Wendy's starting to realize that entering from the low low Earth orbit's taken quite a while. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to have her slide into the middle of the scene, like, comedically mid-sentence later, but you've all called me out. (laughs) I was trying to lay in the cut there. (laughs) No, 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 if you, look, you you are welcome to keep the the gag going. I I am excited to see where you land. I I mean, I will set you, I I could tee you up for it if you one at the very least there <laughs> she's on her way uh you you glance up see that wendy's clearly gonna get to you eventually um but yeah if you want to head over towards the uh the sort of mining uh the direction where the sort of mining's going on um as you sort of exit the tree line uh you see a lot of sort of hubbub going on uh, a lot of actively in use machinery uh, a lot of very sort of physical labor uh, a physical la- a lot of physical labor going on, um, and someone in a yellow fluorescent jacket with a hard hat on clocks you coming out the tree line and goes, "Wait, wait, wait! Who are you? Are you meant to be here?" Ah, the foreman. Uh, Buford, Buford, will call him and go, "Hey, uh, I'm investigating something. Uh, you a foreman? I need to talk to you." Uh. Yeah, we're also investigating something. Uh, we n- need to talk to you if you're come if you're coming near us right now. Uh, yes. All right. Well, I'm not. I won't move. You can walk over here. Okay. Uh, he walks over. Yeah. Well, she told me to stop. So what does he yeah. want? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You. You. You're not wrong. Um. He. He comes over and just goes. Not not much reason for civilians to be coming out here. What are you what what are you here for? Uh, I was we were tracking a signal off of a ship. We were reason to believe that they touched down near here. Uh, you got a commotion going on here. Something wrong? Yeah. Um. We are missing a lot of uh, we are missing a lot of materials. Um. There was. Sorry, it's taking me a second to. I'm trying to I'm trying to piece together what I remember. What you remember? Was, yeah, yeah. Um some some girl and a bug and a bug man came out of came out of the trees. Um and I really do not remember what they were doing. I remember it being very strange that they were here. And then they left. And suddenly I am missing, like, half of a uh, containment silo of materials, and I cannot piece together what happened in, in the in the gap there. Did you see anyone else with them? No, no, just, just the two of them. What, what, what materials are missing? Metal, rocks, food, what? Uh, um, it's, well, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a bunch of metals, uh, and um, he sort of starts rifling through... Um, uh, some paperwork, and he's like, uh, it's a metal known for, it's used for stuff like radiation shielding. 
it it's typically used for like containing containing radiation is like the main the main thing it's for it is a very it is a very dense reflective uh, uh, metal and it's just gone it is gone we cannot account for how it went the two the two of the two of them that I remember seeing did not seem like they could con- carry uh, like industrial amounts of metal by hand uh, away from here. Are you missing people? No, no, uh, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, um, he starts like flipping to another page on his uh, clipboard and like scribbling down next to people just to check, and he's like. No, no, seems like everyone's... Seems like everyone's accounted for. Okay. Um, do you, Does the rest of the group have any questions for him? Hmm. Max just sort of crosses their arms. Still wearing, like... They're still, like, they still have... Um, Dash sort of decrypted, so they're still, like, dressed a little bit differently with the trench coat and the bow is set up on their back. They're like... How long ago did this happen? I'm gonna assume like an hour or so ago. There's, there's a little bit, of, there's a little bit of discrepancy of when, because like I, I could have sworn it was like closer to like ninety minutes ago that like the 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 two of them were here, but it was an hour ago that I noticed the metals were gone. Right. Did you all? Did any of you all notice? Well, some uh, vessel taking flight off planet afterwards. Nah, nah, like we that that would have been the big sign that someone had like gone off with all our stuff, but it I don't I don't remember seeing anything and any anything leave, which is why like, you know, I've you know, my 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 theory was going to be that the stuff's still on the planet, it's just like, you know, somewhere behind like a tree or something, but like, you know, like I was going to assume they were going to wait till like the dead of night to try, try and lift it out or something. Uh Buford does have another question. Uh, what, what kind of radiation shielding? I mean, it's useful for a few, uh, for a few, for a few uh, radiation spectrums. Um, you know, uh, it's sometimes used in uh, stations that are sort of near suns. It's sometimes used for, um, you know, there's, there's certain species that are like, just naturally a bit, uh, a bit radiated. Uh, sometimes it's used for. Uh, you know, like con- containment stuff. You know, if people are doing weird science and they want to keep their weird science inside the weird science room, um, <laughs> it's 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 pretty flexible. It's been used for a lot of keep keep the energy in here, or keep the energy out of here as well. I have I have a question in in my history or like, uh, knowledge of greys. It, does it mention anything related to like radiation or people coming like who claim to have been abducted showing off radiation and secondary question does it mention anything about a dyson sphere first of all there, there's no like running theme that people who've been abdu- say they've been abducted by greys are like i'm now mildly radioactive it's not like everyone who comes back from an abduction is like, and now I have skin cancer. Um, there, there is nothing to suggest that, like, greys are notoriously 
radioactive. Yeah, that makes sense. You'd be able to track it then. Yeah. And with regards to a Dyson Sphere, which is, for anyone listening that doesn't know, is basically you make a big sphere around a, a sun and capture... Basically, what if you made a ball of solar panels and put it around a sun? Um, again, n- nothing you have heard has ever been like, this is a running theme of greys in people's abduction right. stories. So so we, we, have, we have confirmation that if, when you come back from the grey wild, you don't become radioactive. Got it. Wendy comes down and hits Max in the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, 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 that allows you to get at the seed. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <I'll>... <laughs> but yeah, to, to, to reiterate the sort of thing you know about Greys is that, like, it, it's the people who have stories about, like, describing them and interacting with them are few and far between. Like, they are rare things that people talk about. More common, perhaps, are the people who are like, I just can't account for, like, I just I just vanished for a few days and I woke up in a field and I, I don't know what happened. Um, beyond that, people have occasionally talked about, like, the probes sticking me with stuff, experimenting. A lot of those are, like, older rumours about greys. <laughs> um, the greys grew out of that habit. <laughs> The, the more modern conversations uh, people have about them are, are a bit more sort of... I I had a long... I had a lengthy conversation with them, and here's what I... The, here's, here's what I took away from a big lengthy conversation. So they're, they're pulling a bunch of highly radiation-resistant material out of the ground. Is there any place in the nearby area that is like just bathed in a crazy amount of like solar radiation, like a place that would normally be pretty toxic for most living species. So it's just avoided. Well, I'll say one, one odd, one odd thing. It's like, okay, it'd be weird. It would be possible to measure background radiation and see if there's like a void where you should be able to be reading some background radiation, but sort of missing because something's blocking your ability to read it. And sort of looking for like pockets of non-radiation to go after. I I think that like but play around in this space because I think there is definitely you have the knowledge that a bunch of metal that seems to play weirdly with that signal you were trying to track has been taken, and you know what sort of signal frequency that is that plays weirdly with this metal, and I will sort of leave those points on the table for you. Okay, if it plays weird... Alright, here's an idea. If it plays weirdly with the signal, could we replicate the signal and broadcast it out and see where we get a weird response that we wouldn't expect? Like it's refracting off of something? Yeah. Uh, it it takes a little it takes a little time, but you do eventually find a pretty reliable point in space that seems to like be reflecting like in some weird directions. There is something out there, and as you fly your ship over and you go sort of head head towards this uh, this anomaly, you find yourself looking at a 
partially built structure out in space. It's a very meager looking, uh, like very just functional, functional building in the process of being built. And there is a little, there is a little silvery pair of dinner plates upside down on each other uh, ship that is, that is parked outside and there is docking space for other ships to dock here. Well, we we obviously don't look like a gray ship, so I I think we're just kind of going straight into a boarding action. Where is the so the the saucer is docked on this structure? Where's the structure? Just floating freely in space, not orbiting anything. It's it's just it's just floating freely in space. It's not orbiting anything. It's not anywhere near anything particular. It is just stationed in space. It it was not yeah it it was near enough the previous planet to not be that hard to find by brute force. I think maybe I should approach stealthfully. I can, um, as we've established, uh, exist in the vacuum of space momentarily. You know, uh, so maybe with a plus seven in stealth in my uh, my uh, uh, cloak of elven kind, I just kind of pop out the airlock and flap over and see what the what situation is before Buford kicks the door down. So you, so you are flying over to just sort of like try and get a bit of a view of what's going on in there. Yeah, I want I want to do a little recon. Yeah, um, give me uh, give give me a give me a stealth to see how how unnoticed you are here doing this. Twenty six. I had advantage because the cloak and got twenty six twice, so it's a double twenty six. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two nineteens in a row. <laughs> nice. Cortazar and Bridget are inside this partially built structure, and neither of them seems concerned. Um, Bridget is working on uh, some sort of components on the wall of this building with what definitely appears to be a grey sort of, again, up against the wall, uh, just sort of in front of her, sort of near where she's working. Um, The grey looks exactly as you would imagine. This is a large head, big eyes, sort of small, uh, spindly-bodied, sort of uh, grey humanoid. Um, Cortazar seems to be helping with some of the manual labour, and again is sort of paired with one of these greys, sort of in line of sight uh, while while working, and they seem to be building a structure just floating in the middle of space. Okay, with a 26 on this, uh, is there anything particular that my cloak is projecting? Is there like an alternate universe uh, you can see where there's some kind of hint as to what they're building or why they're building it? Just a, a flavor thing, or is it just more void? <laughs> I, I, I think that maybe Cammy can see through through the cloak that this is just a very unassuming looking building. It looks almost like what if an office building was made of sheet metal and a little bit industrial? But it just looks like a room that is a big boxy room in space. Uh, it, it does not appear to be like, aha, you're, uh, uh, Bridget's helping build the super gun. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was worried about, a super gun situation. 
Uh, maybe yeah. insight to see if they're being uh, held against their will or mind controlled. You said that it seems, yeah. you know, very casual at first yeah, glance, give, but yeah, give 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 me that insight. Sixteen. Sixteen. Um, you are pretty confident that they're not here under duress. Oh my god, have they just been drafted into Habitat for Humanity? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're building. They're just building space houses. I can't believe Buford's about to murder a bunch of charity workers. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing, though, because I think, uh, yeah, I think Wendy wants to keep Buford from uh, dribbling yeah. these people's heads like basketballs if they, if they're actually good. Yeah, they, let, let's be real here. I don't think the Greys are going to stand up much to be punched to the throat. So, are you are you done inspecting? Um, so, with the twenty six of myself, I, I guess my thing is: is there a, is there a way I could get in unnoticed to just be like, "Hey, gorgeous R, is this all good?" Is this, is this is this as sketchy as it seems, or are you, you this, cool? This this place is cur- currently doesn't have a roof. You could float in from the top if you if you want. You could just like float over the wall and and be inside. Oh, okay. Okay. So uh, are also Bridget and Cordazar exposed to the vacuum of space? Uh there seems to be like some degree of of um in, uh, atmosphere generation going on. Uh but they've got their uh, their space vacuum suits on like just in case ah okay so yeah if they're if they're in their suits um i guess i will try to f- uh, float over to cortisar and just be you know you know, like hey are you good <laughs> oh oh shit oh, oh you okay you f- you found us thank god yeah my cloak is extremely sick no one knows i'm here i mean it's not a problem for them to know you were, you're here we were we were kind of hoping you'd you'd uh, you'd be able to track track us. Um, these lot need, need need our help, and if you look away from them, you will f- forget that. Oh fuck! I've seen this episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then the Americans shoot him. Yeah. We we wanted to let come let you know what we were doing but that was difficult to do when we couldn't turn away (laughs) to let you to to be to to say oh oh, we gotta we gotta we yeah it's kind of it's kind of tricky but don't worry we we we're here because we wanted to help that's good. We're on a mission to help. That's the Resubian's whole thing. Uh, rough interrogations notwithstanding. <laughs> prior, to, Despite our prior actions, we are good. I, I mean, I don't know why, I don't know why we're whispering. Like, you're welcome to just come in. Uh, the thing is, uh, Buford is going to, uh, well, have you ever seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get that. Don't worry. Bridget, Bridget's been ready. Okay, yeah, send Bridget out. Try to use Bridget as a shield. <laughs> Bridget's got a fucking gun. No, 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 no. Because if if we send Bridget out, she will forget why she's here. Oh my god! Can we just hold? Can we just do a thing where we like uh, baby Bjorn the Greys to the, our fronts? <laughs> We're always they're always in our. Well, well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like if look, Bridget can come out with a Grey. I I just need I need Buford to I I need to trust what Bridget said is true, which is that if if Buford walks in and Bridget says 
I'm okay. Stop. That that Buford will listen. She's she's banking a lot on that, and I gotta I gotta hope she's right. Yeah, with my 16 on insight, I believe this is all true, and I uh, like thumbs up. Yes, Bridget, <laughs> go take a gray to your brother so he doesn't uh, carpet bomb <laughs> this construction project. Man, I'm gonna love blowing the shit out of these yeah. grays. You know, they'll never see what hits them. <laughs> it, it's cutting back and forth between this conversation and Buford like fucking loading uh, loading nuclear rods <laughs> into his chest to power his reactor. Yeah, <laughs> and the cabbie's just like freaking out over the. Are you sure this? I don't know how the rest of the arc is going to play out, but the first episode of the arc, Good Buford is the the antagonist. I look. I wanted to create. I wanted to create a powder keg of a situation, and I feel like I've done so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes. Um, Br- Bridget. Um. Bridget does not notice Wendy, but does notice Cortazar having a whispered conversation. Cortazar is not as uh, stealthy, and Bridget just looks over and goes, Is is it time? Is... Has Buford found us? Hey, Bridge, Bridge, it's me. I know you can't see me because of my sick cloak. I'm going to try to... Look, I'm going to move around. Tell me if you've seen anything cool in the other universe. Is it is it me with a cooler uh-huh. cooler hairstyle, or...? Anything like uh, that? I I mean I I I see I see I see Cortazar with like a red shirt on. Sick. D- oh no. Good. Cortazar's a red shirt in another universe. In this universe, uh, in uh, plot armor, indispensable. <laughs> I say, uh, <laughs> foreshadowing something that I can't possibly know is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Bridget sort of looks over and goes. If you can signal for Buford to come down, I'm going to do my best to get him to listen. Yeah, this great tension moment where Buford's just like singing a little song, can't wait to murder them. (laughs) And and Bridget is getting out there. Uh, Wendy just leans over to Cortazar and says, you look great in red. It's really brings out your carapace. Oh, th- thanks. Maybe I should I should wear a red shirt on my next mission. That maybe that's a good idea. <laughs> it, I, the like the cinematography has to be like it's just Buford stepping off the ship, and if there's that scene in um Pacific Rim where you see Cherno Alpha's like big big ass robot arm get the cylinder in its hand so it can beat the shit out of uh he was leatherback, <laughs> so you only just see the giant robot arm like clenching its fist as it squares up in front of Bridget in this gray. Yep. Uh and as soon as Buford is in sight, Bridget uh, shouts, Don't look away, but I promise I'm safe. I need you to be calm. And she just locks eyes with, with Buford. Okay. Uh, I have a question here. Yep. Th- this is Buford's sister. Yes. Probably uh, one of the people he's closest with in the world. Yeah. Would he have advantage on insight? Oh hell yes! <laughs> you 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 get you always have advantage on insight on Bridget if you want it. I'm I am dreading the end of uh, Django Unchained situation here, where you just <laughs> shrug and shoot this man in the head. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and I think Buford would absolutely expend a flash of genius to verify. That what she's yeah. saying is not magically. Is that a flash uh, of guidance? In, 
it's flash of G. So I, I've got two things that affect my roles: guidance, which I have to preemptively cast oh, on myself, genius and flash is the, of genius. Once you've done your roll one, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've used two out of two out of five of those so far, um, which would turn that into a seventeen. Which I assume, as Buford realized, this is yeah. For for a seventeen, you know that your sister is being genuine; that she she genuinely feels safe, and she genuinely wants you to just. Not look away and to give her a, give her a second. Okay, uh, Buford it, Buford won't like relax, but he's gonna go. I need you to tell me exactly what is happening. Um. Okay. I. We, well, we'll 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 get into the the in depth in a minute, but I received a message through the satellite array, the one in space, not on the ground, um, from the greys. They have been trying to contact anyone in space because they know a lot about the coming war. And every time they try and communicate that to anyone, the conversation is forgotten. They have tried to contact the delegates of the peace talks. They have, they have tried to contact the Resubian. They have visited the Resubian, and we do not remember. And when they asked for help to build a facility that might help us remember our conversations with them when once we've left their presence. I realized this was my chance to to help save the day, like you. Okay, I think Buford will relax a bit at this. Uh, he is going to have to ask a very dumb question that yeah. probably has an answer. <laughs> Why aren't they just writing things down? They have tried. But the kind of information they have to share is the kind of thing that seems preposterous. A lot of people have gotten very confused at their own I don't remember writing this what's going on's over time. And they need someone who has standing to remember what, where they got information from and how they know it. Because... Otherwise, whoever they tell just gets laughed out of the room. It's not good to go into a room full of important people and go, I I have a note from myself to myself that says things are the case. That doesn't tend to mobilize people. Okay, yeah, uh, Buford will slacken at this point and just say, all right. What can I do to help? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>